The Christmas season is well and truly here. If you have chucked out your 2020 calendar way back in March, I don't blame you, or if you don't have one of those fancy chocolate advent calendars, we are five sleeps away until Christmas, but who's counting? I think many might be looking forward to Christmas this year. It's been a tough year to say the least. 2021 is so close that we can almost taste it. Yet some of us are holding our breath for what the new year might bring. This year has been marked by isolation, sickness, death, separation and grief in many forms all around the world. We have all experienced the effects of 2020 in some way. For all the years to talk about joy, this isn't one of the easier ones. The things we found joy in once so easily may have been changed by rules and restrictions, being isolated or stopped completely. It's been a dark year for many where it seems joy has been hard to see. But this is where the birth of Jesus offers a unique perspective on joy that we can have, even in the darkest of times. This joy starts to take shape in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. It's important to understand that Jesus' birth was timely. This announcement came perfectly as the Jewish people of the time, they weren't experiencing much joy. In fact, there was very little for them to be joyful about looking back at recent history. It had been quite some time since they had seen God interceding for them. It seemed that God had gone silent. 400 years since the last of the prophets and the birth of John the Baptist. The people of this time were also suffering under the oppression of the Roman rulers who were deeply oppressive and restrictive with their authority and power. The Jewish people wanted nothing more than to be free and govern themselves in their own land. Where is the joy in this? How can you be joyful when you're ruled by enemies, when you have no freedom? How can you be joyful when you seem to have been forgotten by your God, or at the very least, when he seems to have gone silent on you? It seems on some levels that Mary, Joseph, and even the shepherds shared some similar experiences to what we have experienced this year with COVID-19. There wasn't much joy to be found during this time. So when the angels made this announcement to the shepherds, he was announcing this to people who were quite depressed by their circumstance. But this is why I love the story and the details of Jesus's birth, because it includes ordinary people, from Mary and Joseph to the shepherds we see here in the fields nearby. The shepherds were also people who were looked down on as they tended their sheep. They lived, breathed and smelt of sheep. It is very likely that they were actually looking after sheep that were destined for temple sacrifice. But because of the unclean nature of their work, they were banned from entering the temple. They were considered nothing more than wandering nomads. They were seen as having low or little value by others and often despised, isolated or forgotten. 
Shepherds definitely weren't highly thought of during this time. But I promise you that's no reflection on our modern day shepherds that we have in our congregation, I promise. We see that the shepherds were the first to hear of the birth of the king. Such an announcement was normally the occasion for public celebration and reserved for people of importance. We don't see the sorry, we don't see the angels announcing the birth to the privileged, to the Pharisees, to the rich or to the educated. Here we see the birth of the king was made private in the middle of the night in a field to ordinary people who were considered outcasts, uneducated and poor. But I believe that this was highly intentional on God's part and part of his plan. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The angels may have shared it with the shepherds first, but this good news was never going to stay put. It was for all people. Today, a baby has been born for you. He is the Messiah, the Saviour, the Lord. What could this mean? What could this baby bring? He was the Saviour our world was waiting for. This baby was key to God's redemptive story for all of mankind, for all people. He came for all different cultures, all walks of life, all levels of education, poor or rich, popular or despised, and for all types of sins. Jesus' birth announcement, it was unique because this good news was for everyone. Yet it was the shepherds who heard of this news first. This suggests to me that maybe, maybe God's intention was to break down that narrative and that assumption of who deserved to be saved. The Orthodox Jews looked down upon the class of people that the shepherds came from, and they assumed that they would be among the last to enjoy the favour of God. Now, the shepherds had a choice here. What were they going to do about what the angels had just told them? Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about, they said. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. They had to see this truth for themselves. They had to see if this baby was truly the king. The shepherds who looked after their sheep day and night for temple sacrifice were the first to see the lamb of God. As they found this baby lying in a manger, just as the angels had told them, the truth of who this baby was, was revealed. Imagine what Mary and Joseph must have been feeling. Up until now, they've kept this all a secret. They traveled silently and Mary's out of wedlock baby was kept under wraps. Yet here the shepherds were revealing the story right in front of them. All the prophecies told in the Old Testament were slowly being fulfilled and all the truth of who this baby was, was becoming clear. It all pointed to Jesus. Now I can understand why Mary treasured up all of these things. Her baby that she had just given birth to was the Messiah. He was going to be known as the Son of Most High. I could imagine these words playing on her heart. The things that she had been told were actually the truth and she was holding him in her arms. 
Mary treasured them up in her heart, perhaps as a way that she could calm the doubts that would come or to give her strength to face the challenges that she was going to go through. In Psalms 103, verse 1 to 5, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. It's wise to remember or to take note of where God has been working, where he has moved and where he has blessed you. If you were to think back or reflect on a time where you've seen God work in your life, I can almost guarantee that it would bring you joy. But this practice of reminding ourselves how he has been faithful will sustain us when we're going through trials or testing. I wanna encourage you to reflect on those times Reflect on how God has blessed you as it will come in handy when you are going through seasons of deserts. The shepherds had heard about Jesus. They had seen Jesus in the flesh and they couldn't help but respond to the joy that they had just experienced. This good news started to travel. They were telling everyone and anyone who would listen. This was just the beginning of the good news spreading to all people. After this incredible event, the shepherds returned to their flocks of sheep, glorifying and praising God. The good news had caused great joy in the shepherds. Their praise was an overflow of the joy that they had experienced because that's what happens with joy. You can't keep it to yourself. This joy runs so deep yet it overflows. It's a joy that not only sustains us, but it can become a witness to others. I'm sure we've all been a witness of someone who knows someone (laughs) who knows the joy of the Lord. The way that they look to Jesus and know true joy has meant that they've been able to stand firm in most circumstances and in difficult ones. When Christians point to their joy that is found in Christ, it shows others where we put our faith. It shows us It shows others that Jesus is our source of joy, regardless of circumstance, and it will have an impact on those who see. So where can we find this joy throughout a year like 2020? Over the past couple of weeks, as restrictions have lifted and eased, we may have seen moments of joy start to resurface. I've seen friends seeing each other for the first time, families reconnecting from different states, grandparents meeting their grandchildren for the first time, people going on adventures, businesses reopening, and people beginning to celebrate. I personally found a moment of joy uh, when I found some chocolate in the cupboard that I had somehow forgotten about. Miracle, I know. There are many things in this world that bring us joy, bring us these moments of joy. But these expressions of joy are just that, just moments. They are very determined by circumstance. Like I don't find a block of chocolate every single day of the year. We need to be careful that we don't blur the lines between these moments of joy that are by circumstance and true joy that is found in Christ. Joy like this can be contagious. 
It can be spread through a smile, an act of kindness or a kind word. It warms us up on the inside. But as God's people, we are called to a unique type of joy, a joy that is always present, a joy that overflows, a joy that sustains us and is a witness to others. The good news that, the good news that will bring great joy. Preparing for Christmas isn't just another event on our calendar or just a celebration that we can finally have because lockdown is over, but it celebrates the coming and the anticipation of coming of God himself. Sorry. But it celebrates the long but it celebrates the long anticipated coming of God himself. It's the season to be joyful because more than at any other time we think of Jesus. More than in any other season his name is on our lips. Not just because of his birth, but ultimately because of his great sacrifice for us. The joy that the Bible offers is more than just a moment of joy or a happy mood, but rather a choice to trust that God has fulfilled his promises. Joy is an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of the circumstances we may find ourselves in, but because we have chosen to have hope in God's love and his promises. The shepherds didn't know what life was going to be like for this baby in Bethlehem nor did they know how he was going to redeem mankind. They had heard what the angels had said, searched out the truth for themselves and found it to be true. The angels didn't lie or lead them astray. This was truly good news that resulted in great joy. The shepherds chose joy, but joy that they could hold on to. We know what Jesus came to earth to do. We have the Bible that reveals Jesus' story for us, the story of his great love for us, the sacrifice that he made on the cross that paid the price for our sins. When we put our trust and our hope in what Jesus did on that cross, we can have full assurance that darkness was defeated. This was the good news that brought great joy. This great joy that the angels spoke of is weaved throughout the Bible. We can find many stories of ordinary people living in a world that has been corrupted by sin. 2020 isn't a standalone year for hardships and trials. Our world has been marked by death and loss because of sin. Up until now, as a church, we've been studying Acts and we saw that the early churches were known for being full of joy even when they were going through hardships, trials and being persecuted for what they believed in. But they chose joy. As Apostle Paul was sitting in um, prison in chains, he could sit there and say that he had chosen joy, even if he was to be persecuted and executed. Which is a pretty big deal. He chose joy even in the face of death. Paul believed that this joy in the Lord was a gift of God's spirit a sign that Jesus was with him, encouraging hope in the midst of hardship. He chose joy. Jesus also expressed joy. He rejoiced and gave thanks to his father, even though he knew what he came to earth to do. He knew the sacrifice that he would have to make. He knew that he would be taking the sins of the entire world on his shoulders. Yet he chose joy. Now, I don't know what your year has looked like, 
or the personal trials, hardships and struggles you've personally had to endure. But it's important that you don't ignore or shove them away because that's not what joy does. Paul actually talks about this. He talks about expressing grief in 2 Corinthians, being full of sorrow, yet rejoicing. As he personally recognised what he was enduring, he also made the choice to trust Jesus, to trust Jesus through it. Jesus' death was enough for him to know that the circumstance was not final. He chose joy. Now, joy doesn't necessarily remove the hardships, pain or the grief. Joy is something that we can choose to have that runs parallel with our hardships or in the midst of the unknown. Our joy doesn't depend on our own circumstances, but it is fully dependent on what Jesus did on the cross and the promises that Jesus is yet to fulfil. When you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, Joy becomes reasonable even in the darkest of circumstances. This candle of joy that we have lit today offers a bright light during a time that has been hard for many. It reminds us of the joy that we can have through Jesus, regardless of circumstance, but it also reminds us of the joy that is yet to come. If you've been searching for joy in 2020, Hebrew 12 verse 1 to 3, talks of us running with perseverance, the race marked out for us. This is where joy steps in, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If you are searching for joy, you are searching for Jesus. Just as the shepherds and many of us that have come before us show, joy is a matter of choice, not circumstance. When we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, we can choose to have joy whilst feeling defeated. We can, have, we can choose to have joy even when death is at our door. We can choose to have joy when everything feels unknown. We can choose to have joy regardless of our circumstances. As we've spent the last few weeks in Advent preparing for this Christmas season, perhaps you've experienced moments of joy, putting up the Christmas lights, setting up the Christmas tree, or perhaps giving a gift to a loved one. Perhaps there is joy anticipated in looking forward with gathering for friends and family. But the kind of joy we experience in these moments, as wonderful as they are, is not a joy that will sustain you. It won't sustain you through seasons when it is hard to see joy. If you are searching for true joy, you're searching for Jesus. Because it is the good news that will cause great joy. And this joy isn't just for us. This joy is for everyone. I pray that as we are reminded of the good news, that we will allow ourselves to be moved into this great joy. May we also consider those who are left out of this story and how we might invite them into this good news of great joy. That we may be able to choose joy regardless of circumstance. Let us choose joy. I'll pray. 
Dear Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for um, the people that are meeting in homes together. I pray as they are preparing for this Christmas season that you will just um, protect them and um, guide them through this time, but you will also um, provide that great joy for them. I pray that they will be able to see um, that their joy is in you and only in you. Um, and I thank you for our church. I thank you for our pastors and I thank you for our congregation. Um, and I just pray that they have a wonderful season where they can look to you and see you so clearly. And I pray for all of these things in your name. Amen.